up on guns and bring your friends. It's episode 177 of the Tennis Podcast. My name is Nick Amell. My normal sidekick host, Brandon, is doing well, but still taking time away from the pod. So this week, I'll once again be joined by the far, far inferior Dr. Buster. Buster, why are you here again? What did we do to deserve this? I'll need the rest of the episode to contemplate why I would ever voluntarily choose to come back to Tennis Podcast. Okay, well, we'll give you a few minutes to sort that out. Load up on guns, bring your friends. Oh, well, whatever. Never mind, Buster. Let's get to the shit. Who are you? Remind the folks at home. I am the true host of the Tennis Podcast. I just hired Nick to host the first 160 episodes until I was ready and felt like I was <laughs> warmed up and comfortable enough to actually come on the show. And so here I am, everybody. Well, joke's yeah. on you because I am you. I'm both of us. Remember? Hmm. That's right. The voices you hear on, on this podcast are both me, very talented voice actor, but okay. let me stop wasting everyone's time. Actually, one of us is wasting our time and it's not me, but Buster, <laughs> this is the show where one of us brings a top 10-ish list, the me? other person doesn't know what that list is and they try to guess it. You. Would you agree that's accurate? That's happening today. Right. You brought a list. I don't know what it is. Tell me what it is. Although I did give you some homework. So tell the folks at home what homework did I give you earlier this very day. Yeah. So I don't know what the list is, but I do have a hint because you asked me to bring this homework, which is A, consider times in which I was paid well for something that did not go, or not paid well, paid for something that did not go well. I'm reading your fucking questions and your fucking homework that you just asked me to read. The second one is, what personal experience have you had with scams on the phone or email? A lot. I'm ready for those. Tell me so what. So, those fit into yeah. today's list, which is the top 10 nationwide consumer complaints of 2021. So, these are people who were aggrieved so badly, they either called their local, state, or federal government to get some type of financial reimbursement. These people okay. are pissed. <sighs> So the Consumer Federation of America completes an annual survey of city, county, and state agencies across the country. 34, count them, 34 consumer agencies, including wow. L.A. County, from 18 different states participated in this year's survey. 281,000 total complaints <laughs> included in this list, with over 200... Hang on, is that Brandon just calling his cable company over 281,000 <laughs> yeah. times? Half of those are Brandon. <laughs> With over $263 million recovered to date via mediation, administrative action, and lawsuits. Now, the folks at home, if you're doing the math, that is $936 per complaint filed returned on average. Let me just make sure I understand this. I am a customer. I buy something. Could be anything. Let's say it's a mattress. And I'm unhappy with the mattress. Maybe the company won't return my calls or something. So I call a consumer complaint agency, like one of those you mentioned. They log my complaint and then help me get my money back. They do. And okay. that's kind of a running theme in this list. I've been upset. I've had buyer's remorse. I've been very pissed about the way I've been treated with things that I've bought in the past. But never once have I filed a formal complaint <laughs> with the government. So the government. That's yeah. why. Okay. So these people are pissed. When we get into the categories in the top 10, it's just funny that, and maybe it's not funny because 
that $936, that's the average amount of these complaints. So these are no small complaints. It's not like a $20 overage on a, sure. a bill. We're talking $1,000. So keep that in mind. Okay. The uh, Consumer Federation of America said that it can take up to 18 months <laughs> to close one of these investigations. But this list is compiled by the reception of complaints during the year of 2021, not closing them. The reception. These are all complaints that were made during 2021, but they're probably still in process. Okay. How are they ranked on your list? They are ranked by the number of complaints in that category. So number one today will be the most common category of complaint called into the U.S. government about a purchase. Would a category, for example, be like cars or something like that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So it's the product category. Right. And I will tell you and the folks at home that I am surprised number 10 on today's list was not number one. I would have thought number 10 would be number one, but we'll talk about market forces and what probably drove the ranking today. I'm curious. This is a great idea for a list. What was your journey through Google and whatever else you did to find this list? So I listened to the psychology episode that was on recently, which was very good. And I thought, hmm. You know, I'm in psychology as well. I wonder if I should do something like that. And I don't know what caused me, what little earworm got inside my anus and said... (laughs) is it an earworm or an anus worm, Buster? (laughs) Sorry, I'm going to scratch that. I don't know what little bug slithered right in between my legs and climbed right up into my brain and said, what about things that people were angry about? And so I started thinking about, Uh well, what's an objectively measured complaint? And I thought, well, what about a consumer report And I had no idea about this type of thing before researching this list, but I will tell you, I have a personal story that affected me related to the number one category, and that story is kind of what tipped me into this list. So my sources today are from consumerfed.org, Wikipedia, USA.gov, and consumerfinance.gov. So a bunch of stuffy, boring-ass websites. Hang on, I need a minute. Give me just a second. I'm finishing up here. Sorry, I'm just filing a formal complaint with my shitty sidekick host with the fucking U.S. government. All right. So, so give, hang on. Okay, enter. There. All right, I'm done. Let's, we can continue. So shitty entertainment hosts are not in the top 10. Now, with each of these categories will come hashtag Buster's Bullets. Mm-mm. So why don't you kick us off with your first guess. What do you think last year people were so upset about after they spent some big old cheddar that they just thought, Uncle Sam needs to know, I've been wronged. Yeah, and it's probably uber obvious at this point to the listeners, but just in case you haven't caught on, these are America complaints, American complaints only. Correct. So there's not going to be any complaints about bangers and mash or whatever the fuck you all do over in other countries. But for my... <laughs> what? Wait, wait, wait. What are bangers and mash? It's a food. So mashed potatoes. What is the bangers though? A sausage and mashed potatoes <laughs> is a uh, British dish. I can't tell if it's more British or American to call a sausage a banger. Well, we know when you eat a sausage, it's going to be a banger not too much longer after that. But for the rest of the world. <laughs> okay, uh, let me give you a guess. So these categories, not sure how broad or specific they are. So let me give you a guess and you can rein me in if I'm off. Is computer products in the top 10? Computer products are not in the top 10, although when you purchase a computer, it would be underneath the umbrella of one of these categories. Tech. Not technology. Electronics. Electronics. No, I'm going to go ahead and branch up and give you this one. Okay. 
instead of watching you flounder just a little bit longer. And that will be number seven, retail sales. Okay. So any type of retail purchase, which you know you're out and about at Best Buy, you see the Geek Squad sign, you think, hmm, maybe I do need me a good old new computer. Oh, and you stop in. That would fit under number seven, retail sales. Okay. I'm surprised that's not higher. But maybe it's not higher. You'll probably get into it in your shitty bullets, but maybe it's not <laughs> higher because people aren't going to be as inclined to chase down, you know, 40 bucks on a retail sale, right? Right. I think this has to be big, expensive purchases. Yeah. Okay. Like computers, like mattresses, like a stationary bike, etc. Okay. Retail sales include false advertising and other deceptive practices to sell physical products, <laughs> defective merchandise, problems with rebates, coupons, mm -hmm. gift cards, and gift certificates, or the failure to deliver a pre-purchased item. Preach it. From Wikipedia, quote, Digital tech is also changing the way that consumers pay for goods and services. So like Venmo, Cash App, yeah. OnlyFans, etc. Exactly, yeah. So my question to you in this category, Nick, this is uh, central to a pet peeve of mine, which I'll get into after I hear your vapid, empty response. <laughs> Do you ever buy things just because they go on sale? Are you that kind of individual? So you don't need it, you don't want it, but you're walking through, maybe you see it in a print catalog, maybe you're Flipping through some junk mail and you think, 50% off? Maybe I do want that. So, and then you go buy it. I'd say it depends. Honestly, I probably do do that sometimes, but I wouldn't say I'm a chronic sale shopper. Okay. I will say, my particular pet peeve pertains to grocery stores. What I always think about is people will say, oh, you're going to the store. You should get eggs. They're on sale. <laughs> And I always think, when I go into a grocery store, the price of the shit is the last thing on my mind because it's not going to change what food I'm willing to purchase and put in my mouth, depending on what price it is. No, it might. It's not like we're going to go without milk for a month until it's on sale. Fair, but it, you might be on the fence about eggs. And when you see they're on sale, especially <laughs> if they're giant ass turkey eggs, like you couldn't fucking get over in our meat episode, <laughs> then I could definitely see you buying a turkey egg on sale. But come on, a packet of cheese goes from 260 to 255 and people are like, hell yeah, it's a week-long sale, I better get me some cheese. Like, it just annoys me. I see both sides, Buster. If I want it, I'm going to get it. If I don't want it, I'm not going to buy it. Not true. If Doesn't you matter. want something and let's say you do want the eggs before you ever walk in the store. You walk in the store and you're used to paying three bucks for the eggs, okay? But you walk in and out of the blue, they're $9. You might think twice about getting those eggs. I need eggs. I want eggs. I eat eggs all the time. But do I need them enough to triple the price? That's a great example. However, the more realistic scenario is typically avocados cost $6 a pound. And now it's two pounds for $11. And people are like, holy shit, I'm <laughs> getting me some avocados. Be honest, Buster. Uh, Did you bring up avocados because you shoved them up your ass? <laughs> Just be honest. No. <laughs> All right, time for your second question. That's a perfect segue. So I did work in retail. Did you ever work in retail? I guess you worked at Target for a brief time. I did, which yeah. still holds the championship cup in my heart of hearts for the worst job I ever had. I was an overnight stalker from the back room in Target. You do seem like a guy that spends a lot of time in the back room. But I have to tell the <laughs> listeners, 
a story that you know, which is I worked at a grocery store for a few years, my first job. Now, hold on. Are you sure you want to tell this on air, Nick? Because we're talking about the federal government and they just might come arrest your ass and throw you in prison if you tell the story I think you're going to tell. I stole a candy bar that was 49 cents, okay? And that's it. I got, I got fired. But if the federal government comes and takes me out of my home tonight, just know it's because they wanted their 49 cent whatchamacallit back. Whatchamacallit, the candy bar. Now, let's be honest with everyone, including the federal government that's listening. That wasn't the first and only candy bar you took while you were an employee of this grocery store. I'll be editing that out. So, on that lovely note, I'm going to give, should I give you another guess? Yes. Cell phones or cell phone service. Okay. So, buying cell phones would probably lie under retail that's services, true, that's but true. you're getting you're getting close with cell phone service. How about just the service industry, contracts? Uh... You did hit something called the service industry and coming in at number five. The category is licensure for build services. So, Nick, tell me something that's broke in your house that you've hired someone to come in and do. Uh, my before. fucking plumbing in my brand new house in the first two weeks of living here. Okay. So, you have some plumbing done and you call the old plumber. Yep. <laughs> your nearby Roto-Rooter or whoever comes by. Yep. And they come in and do the work. And maybe while they're there tinkering around, you having to peek around the corner and see the classic plumber's butt crack. I did see it. Or after they're gone. It's 100% you, true. You, <laughs> you question... If they did a good job or not, and then you start to wonder, was that plumber licensed? Did I have a stranger in my home who wasn't really a plumber? Do people really think that? Yeah. That's my big question about this category is, okay, so the category is licensure for build services, including misrepresenting a service worker, huh. shoddy work, failure to have the required licensing or registration to perform the task. So my question to you is on that very note that you just posed, do you ever think about whether or not the service company you hire is licensed to do so? Because I don't think I ever have. I don't think I ever have, but I go out of my way to ensure that I don't, I don't just go find the cheapest person I can. I mean, I guess there's times that call for that, but usually I seek out like, you know, an established credible company for something like plumbing. But I don't know. I mean, I think people do find people on Craigslist or Facebook to come fit like mm -hmm. a handyman, for example. But I don't know if you're expecting them to be licensed anyway, if you're just saying, hey, I need a handyman. So I, yeah, I don't really understand this one. Well, what I imagine is they're like, oh yeah, Terry, he comes in and fixes all my plumbing. He's a shit. Yeah. And then Terry comes in and some things are missing from your house and your sink is broken half and the pipes still leak. And you start to question... Was Terry a licensed plumber? And then you find out that Terry's a shady character and you tell the federal government about Terry. I think this is middle-aged white men that are calling escort services through Craigslist because there's a, you know, lonely section or whatever they call it. And that person comes, does whatever upside down, kinky, naked shit they do. And then when they leave, they think, was I just taken advantage of? Was that escort even licensed? And then they call the government. He says, well, hell, bub, I didn't even see your papers. <laughs> yeah, they really should show a badge when they come over. You've heard of Disney+, Plus, ESPN+, Plus, Paramount+, Plus, 
But something those services don't have is grade A quality content about top 10 lists. That's why we're bringing the world the fresh tennis content it needs with Tennis Pod Plus. Tennis Pod Plus is our rebranded Patreon program where you can get 30 plus exclusive bonus episodes right now with more added every month. Recent bonus episodes include the life and times of Dr. Phil, world monkey news headlines, top 10 most popular colors, and many more. Not only that, but Tennis Pod Plus members get early access to ad-free versions of our main episodes. If that's not enough, you'll also enjoy free merch and swag, monthly giveaways, and more. And now, introducing our hell of an asset tier, where small business owners can advertise their business on Tennis Podcast every month with custom ad reads by Brandon and yours truly. Are you ready to add some more plus to your life? It's easy. Simply go to TennisPod.com plus, select the tier you want, starts at just two dollars and follow the steps to be signed up within minutes or if you're listening to my lovely voice right now on apple podcasts all you have to do is go to our apple podcast page and tap the subscribe button near the top in one tap it will charge your apple pay payment method and you'll unlock immediate access to all of the content you're looking for so get your beautiful bum bum moving and sign up now to start enjoying all of the sensual benefits of tennis pod plus go to tennispod.com plus that's P-L-U-S, or sign up through Apple Podcasts. Do it now so you never have to listen to another shitty ad like this again. So you got number five and number seven. What would be your next guess? How about um, contracting? So like, kind of like the handy, that's probably the same thing we just talked about. Keep going. You are red hot. Thank you. You are about to stumble right in to a good old guess. <laughs> Okay, so contracting. Let's hone in on number two. What were you about to say? So shoddy work, what, what type of work? Repair work. Repair work on? House. Houses. So yeah. number two coming in at num- numero dos is home improvement slash construction. Number two, this one's up there. So home improvement construction. Shoddy work. Failure to start or complete the job. Failure to have required tools or registration and not sticking with the time frame. Are we talking about the escort again? The government website states, here's the advice that .gov has to offer to protect yourself from falling into this home improvement category. Have a clear plan of the work you would like to be done. Get multiple estimates, check their references, never done that. And verify that the contractor is certified. Also never done that. No. Be sure that permits are being filed properly with the city. Never done that. And that you have a valid contract with them that you sign. Never done that. (laughs) These actions can protect you, can help ensure work is completed well, and lets the contractor know you expect the work to be done correctly. Well, see, like the permits and shit, you're counting on them to do that shit, you know? You shouldn't have to worry about that. People don't check it, and then Terry's in your house <laughs> fucking, up, <laughs> fucking up that house you've got a mortgage on, and all of a sudden you start worrying about whether or not he filed his permits correctly. Terry's taking down a fucking wall with a sledgehammer, and you're like, Terry, I just asked you to come change a light bulb. I thought you were hanging pictures. <laughs> yeah, someone needs to look at Terry. So, Nick, you've moved a lot. So, Nick, you've moved a lot, and you recently just mentioned a new house with plumbing issues. So, my question in this category is, what frustrating work issues have you had on homes that you've owned in the past or now? Well, there was the plumbing I just mentioned. You know, we moved into this house, and there was a broken line out by the main sewer line. 
I don't need to go into details, but it was a big pain in the ass. No, please. I needed a new roof once. The roof that you got, I remember there was some unidentified cost in that and ended up being super, super expensive, more than you thought? Well, it was my first home and I was young and because I was young and stupid, I got... Stupid, which is still true. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I own that. I got the cheapest, cheapest home insurance policy I could find possible. Not reading the fine print, which I do now. But because of that, I basically had to pay for an entire new roof by myself and the insurance covered like 200 bucks of it because of the deductible that I had. So I feel like that would be a perfect example where you might call and try to get some retribution from that by being screwed over by fine print. Yeah, so that you're right. I could have called and be like, I, I was misled on this policy or I was led to believe this, but I'm just not the type that's going to take the time to do that shit. Right. And I feel like I'm kind of in that same boat. You know, I have to wonder, I wonder if any listeners right now are like, yeah, hell yeah, I've called my local government officials and told them about I'm this sure we do crappy thing. And we hope that they someday find a friend. <laughs> there was one time you were about to move out of a house and the air conditioning went out like the month you were leaving, something like that? Yeah, same house. And we also, yeah, th that first house, the one with the roof, had plumbing issues of its own as well as the AC going out and we had termite damage when we were trying to sell it. It was a real cascading avalanche of bullshit to deal with uh, right in the final <laughs> months of trying to get out of that thing. I don't miss that. Yeah. So, my next house was brand new. But then I have the plumbing thing. So, the takeaway here, the lesson is don't own a house, don't buy a house, but don't rent anywhere either. So, live in a dumpster and then you never have to worry about Be anything. off the grid. Yeah. You don't have to worry about estimates, permits. Right. Certification, references. Who checks references? How often do you think someone is like, oh, you're going to come tighten that leak on our sink in the kitchen? I would like your five references <laughs> for, like, what are you, hiring a CEO? <laughs> like, well, they're going to fix a leaky... Yeah, leaky asshole. Well, I think maybe the equivalent of that is reading, you know, Yelp reviews or Google reviews uh, mm. for that business, which I definitely do that. Sure. So, my story. Last year, we had our wood floors refinished. And I just did a quick Google search for people in the area. I found a person. They had great Google reviews. Guy shows up. And from the start, him and his crew, there's just something I was like, okay, these guys are a little rough around the edges, but I like it. You know, they're, they're getting the work done and they were very congenial and, and nice to talk to. And the process took about a week as they were refinishing our, our hardwood floors. And I'm not going to mention who it was or exactly where I live because Halfway through the project, he started mentioning, you know, I'll knock a couple hundred dollars or even, you know, maybe we'll figure out a bigger amount of money I could knock off if you just pay me cash. If you just don't, if we don't tell anybody about this. And it was at that moment I started questioning this guy who had already stripped my floors. They were to the bare bones wood. I started to question who I've hired and I probably should have done some of this background work, but... They did the work and it was okay. I'm not going to say it was the best job because yeah. there's certainly a lot of things that they messed up on, but it was cheaper than other companies and they finished up the work and I was like, all right, man, it's been real. Did you pay cash like you wanted? I cannot confirm or deny how the payment ended up changing hands. All right. We all know what that means. Wink, wink. Am I right, everyone? 
So speaking of a couple of winks behind the back, let us know your next guess on the list here. Okay. Well, I mentioned it earlier. How about cars? You done, gone, and ruined the list. <laughs> when you mentioned it up top, when you said automobiles, my heart sunk and my scrotum quenched right up into the pit of my stomach because you really? mentioned- Really? Just because I guessed number one, that all happened to you? Number one. The top category is automobiles. Yes, this includes yes misrepresentation in advertising, deceptive financing practices, defective vehicles, faulty repairs, so this includes mechanics, car leasing, car rentals, and towing disputes. Oh, God. Say no more when it comes to the repair. Yeah. Like, think of all the bullshit that happens in a car repair place. I'm not surprised this is number one. Yeah, I'm sorry to all of our mechanic listeners, but there is a little part of my reptilian brain that just can't help but doubt everything they tell me when it's wrong, broke, or fixed, and I'm just thinking, is this guy just taking me for every penny that they can milk me, or is my car actually experiencing that? And it's nothing on the individual mechanic, it's just my gut reaction when I yeah. go to get some work done. A mechanic could tell me fucking anything. Fucking anything. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, right. The, the schnozzle <laughs> belt is loose. Yep, well, we should fix that. I am the ideal mark for a mechanic trying to uh, swindle a few extra dollars because I don't know fuck all about cars. <laughs> You're right, Buster. I think every mechanic, I, I agree with what you said. Every mechanic is untrustworthy. Every, every mechanic is trying to steal That's your not money. What I said. No, no, you did say it. And it's That's okay. We can agree on it. And I think you would agree with this. Dear Lord, I want my car to be serviced in the future. That's not the truth. If you're a mechanic, just unsubscribe from the show. Am I right, Buster? Get him (laughs) out of here. No, that's not what I'm saying. But there's other car people too. Like, I think number one, this could also be number one just for how annoying car salespeople are. Yes, so we'll get to that. Used car sales is the highest single complaint within the automobile category. And I have to think that that is being driven by the market because I just informally started looking at used cars to try to re-up my current vehicle last year and it took me all five seconds to see those price tags and say, nope, I don't need a new car that Mm -hmm. badly. It's just like the eggs going up in price from the earlier. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It is. So many people report being sold a lemon. Nick, can you tell the folks at home what a lemon is? I think that's a car that is on borrowed time. I think it's actually a a fruit? I'll end this fucking show right now. <laughs> you come in here with jokes like that again, I'll fucking end this show right now. <laughs> Don't ever do that again. So what's a lemon? I told you what a lemon is. First of all, it's a fruit. But in the car context, it's a car that ain't gonna make it. According to Wikipedia, a car is a, quote, lemon when it's determined that the vehicle is defective beyond repair. Okay. Most states have some form of lemon laws to protect car buyers, which is... (laughs) 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 That sentence alone is funny. But hold on. Of all the terms, of all the metaphors that they could have picked for something that's useless and you paid too much for, why they pick a lemon... Because they're sour. And I got to tell you, I think some of these lemon laws could have helped me as a kid because my grandma used to give me and my sisters lemons and tell us to take a bite and then laugh our ass off when we'd be like, ooh, and we had a lemon face on. So some of these lemon laws could have been, (laughs) some of these lemon laws could have saved me a lot of grief back then. 
Then he could have sued your grandma at the age of 10 and family reunions would have got a whole lot more awkward. Don't worry, she's dead now. Was it you? I cannot confirm nor deny how many lemons <laughs> okay. were involved. Nachos, so Nick, lemon heads. Question for you. My dad's boat, yes. <laughs> my question for you, within the automobile category, how have your previous car buying experiences gone in the past? You mentioned the ever-dreaded car salesman. The car buying experience is something I dread. I wish buying a car was like buying a TV. You just go, you find the best one, you do your research, you find the lowest price, done. But it's not that simple with cars because there's negotiation, which is good because you can get the price down, but just the process of like, I know this isn't the lowest price you can give me, asshole. So come on, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's skip through the bullshit. And then they got to go pretend to ask their manager and you got to write down oh, on the paper. It's just the whole dog and pony show. I hate it. It's 2022. Don't tell me you're writing a price down on a paper that you couldn't just voice call in three offices over and tell them the price. And you know, when they go in there for 15 minutes and they're like making you think that they're sweating it out, screaming at each other about whether or not you could have it for $500 cheaper. They're just sitting there on their phone. The salesman's really fighting for you. These people need this price, Jerry. We gotta have this price. And they're, and they're like getting right up in each other's faces. No, but you're right. They're bullshitting. Yep. It's just like that scene in Seinfeld where Jerry's trying to rent a car. But uh, I'm with you. So have you had a particularly negative sales experience when you or, you know, your family was buying a car that you remember offhand? The closest thing that comes to mind is when I was shopping for a car, the car I have now, but this is, you know, seven or eight years ago now. I saw a car, I test drove it. I told the salesman, like, I'm going I'm to go look. You know, this is my first stop. I want to go look around, do some shopping. And he was pleading with me. He was literally pulling, because I was there with my, I think my wife and dad were with me. And he pulled me aside and was like, talking close to me, please, please let me, let me, please don't go. I know I can get this price lower. Can we just, and he, and he gave me, he gave me his number and he's, it was truly pathetic. What the, do you think he was acting or was he serious? I'm trying to remember the specific things he said, but he gave the impression that like, my month and or my life is going to be made or broken from this deal right here. If you don't buy this car, my family doesn't eat this month. It's kind of the vibe <laughs> yeah, I was getting. Right. It's not like you're buying a Maserati. I, if I had to guess, I think it's part of his act. I think it's part of the spiel for him. The commission off that for him has got to be what? A thousand dollars? I mean, that's <laughs> I not going to make or break his existence. Maybe it will. <laughs> If that's true, that's, that's so sad. The story is funny. true. I don't know if it's true if, it, if he was really that desperate or not, but he was a desperate car salesman. And I told him, like, I'd get back to him, and then I fucking left and didn't respond to any of his millions of texts over the next few days. You probably didn't watch the news the next couple of days, but if you would, you probably would have seen that car dealer ended his life. And his note was to Nick, who did not buy the car. Well, listen, bro. God will sort this all out. I don't know what to tell you. I remember once when I lived in Dallas, Texas, I went in to look at a car and the car salesman was like, he just didn't give a shit whether or not I was there or not. Like me now. And I remember thinking, like I, I did not want to be sold or pitched to, but at the same time, when he didn't care if I was there or not, I was like, you're not even going to try? He's like, yeah, just let me know if you want it or not. And like kept talking to his coworkers and I was like, okay, I guess I'll leave because... I don't really want that bad, and I left. Do you think that was part of a strategy? Like, 
Maybe it didn't work on you, but Maybe. for some people, it's like, it might give the impression to a customer like, oh, they're not going to um, move on this price because it's a take right. it or leave it situation. But that shit wouldn't work on me. Sure. I've never bought a car ever at the price on the tag. And I encourage everyone listening, everyone listening, don't ever buy a car for the price on the tag. They can come down and they will if you play hardball enough. Isn't it weird? We talked about grocery store. You don't get up to the cash register and, and haggle for ground chuck beef. Yeah. You're like, no, well, I, I'm might. only willing to pay three thirty three. Yeah. But isn't it strange that when things get expensive, all of a sudden the price gets flexible? I just think that's kind of weird. Yeah, just like home buying as well. Yeah. And there's other countries. Uh, I know like in Mexico or when I've been to the Caribbean, they negotiate everything. Mm. Like you go buy a necklace at some like handmade necklace uh, cart on the side of the road and you can haggle with them. <laughs> can you imagine if you went to your local grocery store and some 17-year-old who could barely care about their job there, you stop the whole busy line, it's like rush hour for the grocery store and you're like, this eight pack of oatmeal, I saw it was four ninety nine. Would you be willing to come down to three ninety nine? Imagine, imagine what they would say. They'd say no. But good one. Yeah. I, well, what do you want me to say? I know if I was waiting in line and I was seeing this happen between two other people, I'd be mucho annoyed. It's not a good system for the grocery store because you want to get in and out. And especially what they should do is build in a haggling negotiation system into the self checkout, the automated thing. You start arguing with the computer. So then at the computer. Every item you scan, a pop-up comes up and it says, are you, <laughs> are you satisfied with this price? Yes or no? You put no and it sends you down like a survey rabbit hole of trying to find the perfect price for you. Well, I already argue with it enough when I scan an item and I put it in the bag and it says, oh, only oh. put the item on the scale that you scanned. And I'm like, I'm going to pull this computer out of this <laughs> car. Buster, I swear to God, top three pet peeve of anything in the entire world is when you're at self-checkout and the son of a bitch will not let you move on until you put the exact item in the exact bag. And even then it sometimes doesn't work. I don't want the bag. It's not that shocking. Let's move on. And you got to have the guy come over, enter his code to bypass the bullshit. Oh, it drives me insane. I know. It's so crazy. Yeah. I swear at our grocery store, they've, they've engineered them to be less sensitive because it definitely happens far less than it used to. I think so too. But at the time, it's like we can land a motherfucker on the moon, but we can't figure out how to make the self-checkout process. Seamless. <laughs> Used to, if you looked at the scale while you were checking out, it would, it would sense a weight shift and then you'd have to start over. Uh, all right. We've got six left on the list. Number three, four, six, eight, nine, and 10. Right. So think about other things you could spend money on that's not a retail item purchased, someone's license, home improvement, or an automobile. How about travel? related so hospitality traveled yeah ding 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 you even hit the nail on the head for the category title it is travel i knew it misrepresentations about the cost of travel amenities on the trip or other aspects of a travel package or the failure to provide promised travel services and disputes about refunds for vacation travel what number number eight travels a lot like the automobile industry where they sneak in these fees, like uh, you stay at a hotel in New York 
I was just there recently. I can't remember what the fee was called, but every hotel has this fee that's like hundreds of dollars added to your stay. I think that's what they do for people who are incredibly annoying and unfortunate to have to deal with, like yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that could be. So have you ever had a sketchy travel experience beyond that hotel fee or something where you had to dispute a a travel situation? One time. Let me back up. I guess a, a bigger question to ask would be, are you the type of person or family to do inclusive travel packages? Because I, I really feel like that's where number eight shines is when people do shines. like a one week whole like Bolivia travel package with a group of people. I think you're probably right. I don't do that a lot, but I have done it. Sometimes it's nice like, yes, I know I'm getting ripped off. Yes, I know I could pay a little less if I did this separately. But there's something about the convenience and ease of just not thinking about it anymore right? Like I'm willing to pay a little more to just book one thing and it's done and I don't have to think about it anymore. Everything's taken care of. Yeah. One time when I was 18, I went on a cruise with my family. So my mom, dad, my sisters, and we got off in Ensenada, Mexico. (laughs) And if anyone's been to Ensenada, Mexico, it's not a glamorous, you know, blue water type of cruise stop that you're used to. It's a very poor part of Mexico. It's really weird that they stop there. So we get off the ship, and my parents and sisters want to go to this, I don't remember what, it's like a waterfall or something, some touristy thing that's like a 30-minute drive away. And I said, I'm going to go back to the ship, because I didn't feel safe getting in the van with this fucking guy that pulled up to drive them. So I got back to my ship. Oh, man. They all went without me. So I was alone in the ship. Everyone else in my family went in this cab. What if that's the last time you ever saw any of them? That's the story, is they were hours later than they said they were going to be. Oh. And I was beginning to panic and everything ended up being fine. But when they got back, finally, they said it was the scariest drive they'd ever done. I was right to not get on it. Why was the ride scary? Did they elaborate? Well, there's not very many traffic laws in at least that part of Mexico. Mm. So like no stop signs, no red lights. It's kind of just the wild west of driving. Speaking of the wild west of driving folks, if you're going to take a trip to New Orleans, just beware have health insurance on hand <laughs> and be ready for the ride of your life when you step into an Uber in New Orleans because my God, have I never experienced Ubers like that. What happened? They drove fast. They barely obeyed laws. Every ride was a roll of the dice of whether or not we'd get from point A to point B. I am scared to give one-star reviews to people like that because I'm afraid they're going to fucking find me and kill me. Because those one-star reviews like have a huge impact on how many pickups they get. Speaking of someone who did yeah, Uber for a little true. while. Mm. Is that what you did to people who gave you a one-star review? Killed them? Absolutely. You got to. Because you have to establish some ground rules with your riders. You have to let them know. You set the precedent. There will be consequence. Yes. Absolutely. I we support. don't take anything less than four stars. Yeah. So travel, I think uh, airlines, flying on planes mm. is a fucking terrible experience because first of all, When you get to the airport for an airline, for a flight, you're already in a cranky mood. The airport sucks. The parking sucks. Everything's too expensive. The security line's too long. The security line sucks. The TSA agents are rude. You sound very fun to travel with. You got to walk through the metal detector a thousand times because some fucking thing that some zipper goes off or something. So I'm already in a bad mood. I paid too much for this flight. I get on the plane. I got to wait an hour to get on the plane. standing in line on that tarmac thing for an hour to get on the plane. I finally get on the plane. I'm sitting 
ass to ass with two strangers that are hogging the armrest. And then I sit on the plane with no explanation of why the fuck we haven't taken off yet. Finally, three hours later, we take off. And then when you land, you got to wait an hour to get off the fucking plane. So the whole thing is the worst part of my life is going on air travel. I fucking hate it. So what's my point? I don't know. It sucks. That's a great question. I'm done. See, I don't mind flying. I don't mind the whole process you just outlined. I hate it. Because in my head, I compare it to the 20 hours I'd have to spend mindlessly driving to my destination instead. Driving somewhere takes too long, but taking that aspect out of it, I would drive every time because I don't mind being by myself. I don't mind long open roads. I don't like to be around people. And when when you're flying, you have no choice but to be fucking closer to... I'm closer to the stranger next to me than I've ever been with my fucking wife. That's how close (laughs) they're sitting next to you. That's me. I'm an average-sized person, average-sized American male. I cannot imagine someone that's even like 20% bigger than me. Well, I think we need to label this episode Nick's Top 10 Grievances, which he has to put up with. Yeah, you got me in a bad mood today. (laughs) Flying. The flying industry. And you know what? They know they got you by the balls because they... Because you have to fly. You have to fly. And they are actively campaigning against and lobbying in government to stop advances in alternative forms of travel like uh, uh, Mm. high-speed rail and all these like, I can't remember what they call it, but there's been all kinds of really cool theories and ideas for alternative travel that is faster than air travel and they lobby against those things. So, fuck them. Fuck them. Let me give you another guess. Yep. Five left. Is the food industry on here? Let's see, food... Or restaurant? Mm, no. I'm going to say that's probably in the service. Let's start with number nine. Number okay. nine, I don't have a lot of notes on it. What is something that, besides a house, can be very, very, very expensive? And it's often not planned for at all. Insurance or healthcare? Healthcare, yeah. number nine. I'm surprised that's Health so low. products and services. Yeah, misleading claims, unlicensed practitioners, failure to deliver services, and billing issues. You're going to get me ranting again. <laughs> My question for this category is, have you ever had a health bill issue or dispute? Several. So there was a few years ago where I had to go to the emergency room. I was in a room for like a day. I didn't stay the night or anything. And, you know, they did. They did some tests on me and some blood work and stuff like that. Everything turned out to be fine. But I finally get the bill like a month later. And I had gone to a hospital in network for my insurance. I made sure of it. And the hospital was in network. But turns out the hospital contracts out for emergency services. Uh, The emergency hospital staff is a separate staff that's not employed by the hospital itself, even though they're working on me inside that very hospital. And that service, that company that was providing those emergency services was not an insurance network. And nobody told me that. I ended up paying thousands of dollars that I should not have paid. Holy cow. I don't know how that shit's legal. Yeah, I feel like you might have qualified to be on this consumer complaint list with that. But see, here's the thing about me, Buster. This is a fault of mine. Okay. I can be as annoyed as I am now. I can be venting and ranting. I can pay thousands of dollars. 
but I don't want to fucking talk to anybody. I don't want to lodge any complaints. I'm not going to call the government agencies and file a complaint, try to chase down. I'm just not. It's just not me. Now, as part of that, because, and this is where my, my cynical nature in this realm goes, I just anticipate and assume that nothing will come of it. So why even try? Yeah. Like in this case, I did reach out to the hospital. I did reach out to the insurance. I got no's and I moved on and let it go. Where I know a lot of people out there. Everyone's like, nope, don't care. Besides calling those two places, I moved on. And I know a lot of people listening are probably shaking their head and be like, I would never let that go. And that's maybe I shouldn't have, but I did. And I'm alive and well now. And that money's long forgotten. So I moved on. But I know some people can't. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's that's tough. My my only reference to this is I had an accident where I fainted and um, fell in the kitchen, busted my head open, and I took an ambulance ride to the hospital, uh. and the city that I was in had no city-provided ambulance, so they were private. It was a private industry. If you take an ambulance anywhere in the town, yep. you're going to be paying that private industry. Because it's a private company, it's not covered by health insurance. I was a poor graduate student. I had zero money. I mean, I was living paycheck to paycheck and then got walloped with this huge ambulance bill. When my friend and I told the paramedics that showed up to the house that I'm okay, I just need a couple of stitches or staples, we can get me to the hospital. And they were like, no, you're going with us. And I just, I don't know, for a while after that, I thought about the ethical dilemma that person is in where if I let them go, on their own and something bad happens, maybe it's my job. You know, maybe they think about the worst case scenario. person's not thinking about your medical bill. They're thinking about, I need to do, my job is to ensure this person is okay and lives and I need to get them to the hospital and I need to take every precaution because I'm sure that person in the ambulance with you could have told you like, yes, I've had a million people told me they're fine. And then they get in the ambulance and they have another, they have another episode. So sure, I get that, but it's not that EMS person's issue. The, the larger issue is still valid that you're making, which is that unfair that insurance won't cover that and that... That's what I'm saying, man. We pay all this money for insurance. Every American pays however much money for insurance and then it doesn't even fucking cover the shit. You still end up paying. Yeah. I swear, every conference and boardroom meeting and every like inspirational speech that the manager gives on the floor on the morning to start out every workday at a health insurance company is all right, guys, here's five more ways we can fuck over all the people who pay us hundreds of dollars a month today. So go out there and say no, no, no. We should move on because I could go on all day about the fucking health industry in this country. (laughs) All right, so you got four more on the list. Let's recap real quick. Okay. Number nine, healthcare. Eight, travel. Seven, retail purchases. Five, licensure. Two, home improvement. And one, automobiles. I'm nailing this list. (laughs) What was the British term for sausage? Bangers and mash. Yeah, you're banging it. You're banging it out. Uh, What could be left that I'm missing here? So let's go related to number two. Has to do with living situation. But who do you have to deal with? If you don't own the home. Landlord. Landlord issues is number three. It is high. Landlord issues. So, unhealthy or unsafe renting conditions, 
failure to make repairs or provide promised amenities, deposit and rent disputes, and illegal eviction tactics, including discrimination or harassment. I've been lucky when it comes to landlords okay. in my life, but I know a lot of people don't like them. I also have been relatively lucky. What do you think being a landlord is like? Because if I, when I think about interesting professions or odd jobs to have, I think a landlord is one of those jobs I just would not enjoy at all. If I was a landlord, I would hire someone to manage the property for me because mm. I don't want to deal with it. it yeah, I, I agree. It does not sound like a good time. What are you going to look for? What, what character traits are you going to look for when you're trying to hire a good landlord to, to lay down the law, but also be friendly and kind and supportive to your tenants because you don't want them to leave? Hmm. Are you going to rule with an iron fist and be Machiavellian and threaten all of your tenants? Someone responsible that loves Tennis Podcast. Okay. That. Are they a Patreon subscriber? Patreon subscriber. And they have a good booty on them. Uh, keep the tenants happy. And they support all peanut butter replacing water scientific theories that are currently being bounced around in the scientific community. And they have prior experience managing property. Now, see, a plump, juicy booty could go a long way in disputes and calming down an angry tenant. Like, look, I know that that bathtub is still leaking after six months, but you wear some extra tight pants, you do the slight pivot, you know, you look at them out of the corner of your eye and you show it off and you're like, but can we have just a few more weeks to get it done? (laughs) Now, here's what happens. (laughs) I know that these shutters keep clapping against the house. And making noise and you need something to be done about it. But can I help the situation by offering you a booty clap? And then I'm gonna do some clapping of my own and it won't be the shutters on this house. It's gonna be my two gargantuan cheeks smacking together for you. And then do the stanky leg just starts blaring out of some mystery speaker somewhere and you just start dropping it like it's hot and getting that booty clapping good. And then that tenant after that, they're, mes- they're hypnotized. They don't even remember what they called you for. What if you installed a set of speakers that were real small in crevices in a house and your tenants didn't know? <laughs> and throughout the first few months, you started messing with them by like cra- playing creepy noises and starting to make them think that the house is haunted? That would kind of be fun. Don't do that, anyone listening. The people <laughs> don't deserve that to be done to them. Speaking of not deserving what's coming to them, we got three more categories. Nick, yeah. are you grasping for straws or would you like some hints? Let me think for just a moment. Are there any other big like automobile type purchases and hire? Well, no. We got kind of the big ticket items. Two of the categories are very broad. And one of them is very specific that we all, and, and I think everybody is experiencing all three of these every day. Every day. One hits you in the wallet, one hits you, well, everywhere, and one hits you on the phone or in your email. Oh, telemarketing. I know telemarketing's got to be on there. And that is number 10 on the list, which I said up top. I do not know yeah. how this is not number one with how often we all deal with attempted scams. Number 10 is phone and email scams. So this is misrepresentations or other deceptive practices, bogus sweepstakes and lotteries, work-at-home schemes, grant offers, fake checks, imposter scams, and other common frauds. And how about your car warranty has expired? <laughs> yeah, right. My God. 
And like four times a day, I get those. It's incredible. It is incredible. Yeah. I'm not surprised this is on the list. And I'm not surprised it's at number 10 because, yes, it's annoying, but how many of us are going to take time out of our day to wait on hold with the agency to file this complaint? Mm. Well, maybe I'm just speaking personally. Do you know anybody who's lost a significant chunk of change to one of these types of scams? Not personally, but I did work somewhere, not my current job, but I worked somewhere where they had to send a company-wide email that said, you know, hey, everyone, don't uh, respond to phishing and email scams. Here's what to look out for. And I learned later that it's because someone got an email that made it look like it was from our CEO. It was a scam. And this, the email asked them to wire over like thousands of dollars <laughs> and the person fucking did it. Oh. Yeah, people fall for that shit. That's the thing. Like these, these scammers, they spend how many hours on phishing for mm. the person that's going to fall for it? And they're probably only going to get one out of every thousand, maybe one out of every hundred. I don't know. Uh, but that one makes it worth it. I think about that too. Like who answers these telemarketing phone calls? Who goes all the way through this fishy email, pays the money, mm-hmm. but if they just snag someone once or twice a week of all their efforts, they're making good money. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. I know two people who personally have gotten fooled and one of them was a situation just like you said. They parroted the email address of the owner of the company and they told the employee to go to a bunch of random stores, get $100 gift cards, scratch off the code, and email them the pictures. And after the employee did it, about six or seven times, she reached out to her boss and said, hey, I'm just curious why are you having me do this? And he said, do what? And there's a part of you that's like, okay, I see the power dynamic and why you might think that, okay, I'm just going to go do what my boss says. I get emails all the time to go do these things. But at the same point, is there not a party brain that kind of wrinkles its nose at why is my employer having me go to Target and get $100 gift cards? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, did you know this person personally that fell for this? I know the business owner. Oh, okay. I don't know. 99 out of 100 spammy, fishy, scammy emails I get is like, I can look at it for one second and I instantly know it's a scam, right? Like there's misspellings or they use the wrong form of my name or the email's funky. Like it's pretty easy to tell. But every once in a while, there'll be one that Some looks of them are legit good. and I got to look at it for a minute. Yeah. The one thing I always think of is they couldn't get someone to monitor the typos. Like, right. It's like my fucking grandma's writing these things. Yeah. Like... The amount of typos she has. Yeah. There, I used to get... Um, Emails and calls. For a while, it was happening a lot. And I mean, I, I realized it was a scam. But the first time it freaked me out, which is they'd call and it'd be a, a uh, automated recording saying that there was a warrant out for my arrest. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Have you got those? No, and, no, no. But this was mentioned on the .gov website. Yeah. Because the first time you hear that, it freaks you out. And then you look into it and you realize it's a scam. But, it, you know, that shit, not cool. I don't even know what they're after yeah. in that case. Do you ever get weird text messages that make no sense that you think are like leading to a scam? I get like gained seven inches in seven minutes or burn 35 pounds in 35 days. Or I get a spam email that's like 
there's a bunch of X's in the subject line and it's yeah. like, I want your dick so bad or whatever. <laughs> or there's so many misspellings and it's like, stick it in my ass, baby, or something like, like I've seen that subject line, literally. And I'm like, who the fuck is clicking on this? Even the most desperately horny, lonely man in the world. Who are you clicking on this? I want to know. <laughs> they're at work and they're like, well, mad as well. <laughs> I just don't get it. Oh, it makes me laugh because there's a mutual acquaintance of ours who used to do IT for an oil company and he can see every employee's computer while they're at work. And he said that people know their screens are being monitored, but they work at an oil company. It is eight to five in the daytime and they're just openly looking at porn on their computer and they have to reach out and email the employee and say stop looking at porn at work (laughs) it's just like who are these people what are they doing wow listener maybe that's your jam that's your speed if so reach out to tinnishpod at gmail.com and explain your thoughts i'll give you buster's email you can reach out to him it just baffles me that people have that urge or or would do that (laughs) they're at work Prepping a Zoom presentation. It's just so funny. Funny is one word for it. All right, I just need number six and four. Number six and number four. Give me a hint. Number four is what happens when people don't check their spending on all the other categories. Credit card. Credit card debt. debt. Credit card debt is number four. So this pertains to billing and fee disputes over credit card debt. God. They lumped in mortgage problems, credit repair, so people who promise to fix your credit score, debt relief services, so reconsolidation, predatory lending, illegal or abusive debt collection tactics. Hmm. So, some advice from the uh, .gov website, you should avoid companies who offer only credit repair services because they usually offer them in tandem with credit counseling and legitimate debt management. Mm-hmm. Often these companies will lure consumers with exaggerated claims promising to erase negative credit history. Accurate account history, whether it's positive or negative, stays on your credit report for at least seven years. And some things, such as bankruptcy, may stay on your report for up to 10 years. So do not trust claims from companies who say they'll just wipe it away and give you a clean slate. Some free advice is um, a lot of credit cards these days will offer for free as part of like once you are a cardholder, credit monitoring services. Kind of like freecreditscore.com. A lot of credit cards have that built in now. Like I use that now. So it monitors my credit and it monitors inquiries to my credit. It monitors the dark web, it says, to see (laughs) if like my phone number has been sold on the dark web. That has happened to me. So a lot of times, credit card holders out there, you have access to those services. You might not even know it for free. So, might look into it. All right. Didn't know we're getting freebie PSAs from Nick on the Tinder Pod. That's why I'm the star host. Okay. Debatable. That's why you're sitting over there in the sidekick chair. I got curious about debt collectors because, you know, everyone say like denying phone calls like they're debt collectors. And I just feel like that's something that of some portion of the of society deals with and the other portion does not. So I looked up some rules about debt collectors at the federal level. 
A debt collector may contact you in person or by mail, email, telephone, telegram, or fax. Nick, have you ever been... Telegram. Telegrammed or faxed by your debt collector? I've never been telegrammed ever. However, a debt collector may not communicate with you or your family with enough frequency that can reasonably be considered as harassment. A debt collector may not Mm. contact you at place of employment if the collector knows your employer does not approve. Or, a debt collector cannot contact you at an unreasonable time, such as outside the window of 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. That's not fucking reasonable. (laughs) Don't reach out to me at fucking 8 p.m. This says, unless you agree. Who tells their debt collector, oh yeah, you can call me whenever you want? No, we're avoiding debt collectors. Yeah. We're ghosting them. We're not telling them to call me anytime. A debt collector may not use false statements, such as falsely implying that they are attorneys, that you have committed a crime, or that they operate for a credit bureau or an illegal organized crime organization. (laughs) I love that there is a strategy, apparently, of some debt collectors saying, oh, I'm actually with an organized crime outfit, so you better fucking pay. Hey, see... I know you didn't want to pay for that ambulance last month, but if you don't, we're going to come in there and we're going to break your legs. (laughs) Those two kids of yours, you want to see them again? Better pay up that credit card debt. You better pay up that ambulance. Buster, I'm glad you could tee me up for this plug. Me and Brandon talked The Sopranos on Tennis Pod Plus recently. (laughs) Go check it out. There you go. Debt collectors can also not tell you if you will be arrested if you do not pay. So, Nick, have you ever dealt with anyone calling you for any debt that you had, any type of debt collection? Fortunately, I have avoided that thus far in my life. But, you know, all those lists of rules you gave there, what can they say? They can't say you're going to be arrested. So, what can you, I don't know, like, I guess they have their shit, they they have their talking points, but. Oh, you know, they find their comfortable wiggle room right in the confines of legality, for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Nick, you're rounding out the list here. You've got one left at number six. This is something you might be able to argue you just can't go without. Booty. All right. Booty did not make the top ten list. I don't think many people are calling to the feds to complain about booty. If they're calling the feds about anything regarding booty, they're calling to just say... We love it. It's great. <laughs> They're calling to say, my landlord won't stop booty clapping when I ask him to fix the... The godforsaken shutters. <laughs> I just want to be able to sleep in past 6 a.m. without the godforsaken sun blinding me. <laughs> uh, okay, so what can I not do without? It's something you can't do without, and there's no way we could be recording this podcast live in the listener's ears right now without it. Internet? All right, one might consider that internet is considered this type of thing. It wasn't at first because when internet first came online, people saw it as a luxury. But now, instead of a luxury, they might consider it more of a... Oh, utility. A utility utility. disputes are number six. Complaints about gas. Well, (laughs) if there's a complaint I need to tell somebody about, it is the gas. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I fucking can confirm, everyone. (laughs) Complaints about gas, electric, water, cable, and internet billing and service. 
from Wikipedia, quote, a public, a public utility company is an organization that maintains the infrastructure for a public service. Mm-hmm. Public utilities are meant to supply goods and services that are considered essential. And other communication systems represent much of the public utility market. So, Nick, one last question. I find myself kind of laughing because <laughs> who gets the electric bill? And the first action is not, oh, I need to pay this, or maybe something's going on in the city. It is, I'm going to call the government and complain. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, Probably yes, a lot of our neighbors here in Oklahoma. I don't enjoy paying hundreds of dollars just to watch live sports for part of the year. I don't enjoy that. But I'm also not going to call the government. If I don't like it, I'm going to get rid of cable. What are you going to do? Get rid of electricity? Like, I don't know. It just makes me laugh to call and complain about a utility. I agree. Can you think of a worse job than being a customer support agent at a cable company? (laughs) Because you know you're getting angry old boomers calling you (laughs) all the time. Now, I use the same exact wattage as I did last month, and it's four. I'm counting four dollars higher. I, what is your name? What is your name? I need to know exactly who I'm talking to. I will not stand for this. I, <laughs> the, that, I need the manager. Uh, What's your manager's name? Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah. I will say a worse job that I think is telemarketers, people who actually work for a legitimate telemarketer company. They're not just the scammers. God. <laughs> Most of that is a robocaller now, but in the past, actual people were sitting there. Can you imagine what it'd be like to be a telemarketer? And you wake up, you take a shower, you eat breakfast, and you're driving to work, and you know what hellacious eight hours stands in front of you. <laughs> like, uh, no, nope. I can't imagine it. No. Nope. And I'm sure there's people listening to us right now that have that job or have had that job, and God bless you. Hats off to you. Hats off to you. Can't do it. Couldn't do it. Now, just because I feel sympathy for you doesn't mean I'm answering that call. No. I'm sending that one straight to the old voicemail. Please stop calling me. Let's take a quick detour. Man, Buster's annoying, am I right? Need a break from him. Let's take a break from Buster. We all need with some podcast reviews from the fine folks at home like yourself. Every week I read reviews for this show and I'm going to start with one from Apple Podcasts. It comes from T.R. Holloway Jr., Mr. Holloway says, Awesome sauce, great content! Exclamation point. Let me repeat. Awesome sauce, great content. No commas, which is fine. You don't need commas when the sauce is that awesome and the content is that great. I'm glad you enjoyed the show, Mr. Holloway, and I hope you'll keep listening and we will keep providing that sweet sauce for your special little mouth. One more here comes from Carmichael, Charles. It's on Apple again. Tennis is such a great idea for a podcast. I agree. I wish I'd thought of it. Instead of being one of the millions of Metacore podcasts out there, Tennis is original, informative, and a very enjoyable listen. Nick seems like a real cool guy. I'd love to beat him at Scrabble someday. So I was with this review for, I don't know, for 70%. Tennis is original, informative, it's enjoyable. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But Nick is a cool guy, I'm with you on that. That last maybe 20 to 30%, I'd love to beat him at Scrabble someday. I don't know. Is it because I mispronounce words all the time? Is it because I've seen so smart with all my amazing big words? I'm not sure. But I'd love to beat you at Scrabble. 
and I'd love to play every last one of you, all the thousands of listeners out there listening to my voice right now. Let's have a big old virtual Scrabble game someday. We'll set it up. Thanks for those reviews. If you want me to read your review, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Podchaser, go to Good Pods, rate us five stars, write a review. I'll read it on a future episode. All right, let me amp myself back up for more Buster. Okay. All right, let's get this over with. So let's recap the list of the top 10 filed consumer complaints during the year of 20. 21. We got number 10, fraudulent scams over the phone and email. Number 9, healthcare. Number 8, travel. 7, retail purchases. Number 6, utilities. You need them. Number 5, licensure for build services. 4, credit cards and debt collection. Number 3, landlords and rent abuse. Number 2, home improvement and construction. And number one, the most frequently filed complaint last year about people who were pissed about paying some money would be about their automobile. Interesting list. It's funny that a lot of these people that complained got some money out of it. Yeah, I would like to know their success rate. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder, with the average, so for every complaint filed, they got $936 back. You know that they didn't get everybody money. No. Which means if you did get money back, you got, on average, over $1,000. So, hey, hats off to this uh, Consumer Federation of America Department because they're doing some work. That's another job that's got to be so shitty, working for those people. But I think, you know, that average of 900 something dollars, a lot of that's probably brought up by, you know, the automobile and other things. Like, for every one automobile case that results in thousands of dollars, there's someone calling about, you know, the pack gum that I bought last week <laughs> isn't as flavorful as I was promised. Please handle this for me. And they got 40 cents back. So They bought milk that was expired two days prior and they need their comeuppance yeah. right now. And it's like, if that happens to me, I'm going back to the fucking store. I'm not calling the government to complain <laughs> about my milk. People right. do it. Well, thank God they did because they gave us this list today. But in my car story, you know, that was six grand and then it does matter. Right. Six grand matters. So that's the list, folks. Six grand would buy a lot of turkey eggs. So I hope that you don't have to make that decision sometime soon, listener. But if you do, reach out to the Consumer Federation of America and get that complaint either at the state, local, or federal level and see if you can get that sweet, sweet money back. Right. Don't call us if you have problems. Call the government. Speaking of getting sweet, sweet money back... If anyone out there does have a landlord that's giving sweet, sweet booty claps to distract you from the real issues with your home, let us know that too. I'd be interested in knowing that. I would just keep calling my landlord and say, hey, I'm, I'm having a rough day. Can you come over and booty clap again? Because I know it wasn't in our year-long lease agreement, but I could really use a, a booty clap cheer up today. <laughs> well, think about if that landlord has multiple tenants, how sore that booty's going to get after... You know, they're going to have to lotion and butter up those cheeks because they're going to get super shaved for doing the people's work all day. If his or her go-to move to distract from not being able to repair what the person called about is to booty clap and they're responding to calls like the one you just made, hello, landlord, can you please come booty clap just to cheer me up? It's not going to take long for that booty to have some serious issues with chafing and Redness. But the ultimate skill. 
one month into that job, you talk about the penultimate booty clapper on earth. I mean, there'd be no competition. But sometimes you got to do what it takes to survive, like a lizard who will chop its own tail off so that the animal eats the tail and the lizard gets away scot-free and grows a brand new tail. Huh. You did use penultimate in the wrong context, but I, I did. still appreciate still appreciate the sentiment. Penultimate uh, means right. second place, right? Correct. Or mm. something like that. But you're right. People booty clapping out there is just like lizards having their tail cut off. <laughs> it's all like that. <laughs> that does it for me. Buster, this has been something. It's been fun. It's been angry. It's been sad. It was cathartic for me in some ways. It's been, it's been a roller Fuck coaster. Fuck the airline of industry. <laughs> Fuck the healthcare industry. Fuck the used car sales industry. Fuck scam. Fuck everything on this list, honestly. Yep. And Terry. Terry breaking into homes and pretending to be a contractor and tearing up your walls and shit. Fuck you, Terry. Yep, don't forget the next time you have a leak or you need a new window installed, don't forget to call their 10 top <laughs> work references and double check their <laughs> licensure with the state. Yep. And if anyone out there listening works in one of these government agencies that handles these customer complaints, let me know. I'd be curious to know what that job is like. And let us know exactly which agency you work for so we can have an in next time we have a, a complaint ourselves. Well, speaking of having an in, we hope you will get in with us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. You can follow us on all those at Pod. That's the best place to interact with me between episodes. Next week, I'm going to be back with episode 178. I'm going to be joined by the host of the Murderific True Crime Podcast. And we're going to be talking about some uh, true crime cases next week. Uplifting again. Yeah, if you need more uplifting content, I'm here for you. Buster, you'll be back in a few weeks, I'm, as I, I assume. As I stated earlier, I cannot confirm nor deny. Great. Well, this has been Tennis Podcast. He's Buster. I'm Nick. We want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.